Welcome to season two of the Stakeholders Podcast. In this season, we'll focus on the important topics of our world, how stakeholders are affected by these topics, and the actions we can all take to push society in the right direction. On today's episode, I want to take a deep dive into a specific topic. That topic is going to be stakeholder maps. Now, stakeholder maps can be somewhat tricky if you don't know what it is, but once you have the basic sound, it is a very easy exercise to do. Let's start with what is a stakeholder map. At the very basis of it, it's just a visualization of the stakeholders involved in a project or an organization and how they're all related to each other. Now, I've taken a little bit of creative liberty and called myself an organization. So it's Andy Corp today. I'm going to be giving some examples with how I think about things, and I will even be visualizing it for you with some links in the description below. So let's begin with an outline of what you need to do to create a great map. The first step is to identify your stakeholders. The second is to analyze and basically place those stakeholders. The third step is to map. And then fourth step is to prioritize based on this new map that you have created. Now, it's important to keep these in mind because as you kind of progress, you may be in different stages of where you are in this process. Some of you may already know all of your stakeholders. Some of you may have already analyzed them and grouped them as you see fit and you're ready to map. So start at whichever step you need to. So let's talk about identification, listing the relevant organizations, people, groups that are going to be part of your project or part of your organization in general. This is going to completely depend on the project you're working on, on the organization that you're part of. It is not going to be static at all. So as you're going through this process, realize that your friend next to you is not going to have the same answers because you guys have completely different perspectives. So start writing these down in a list. You don't have to start organizing anything yet. You just have to get it all down on a piece of paper. Following the example of Andy Corp, I have listed a couple of different stakeholders that are very important in my life, starting with my family. I have my mother, my older brother, my younger siblings. I have my girlfriend. I have my manager at Aquent. I have my mentor at Vitamin T. I have all of the guests uh, that have been on the Stakeholders podcast. I have listed all the people involved in the hobbies that I love to participate in. The list goes on and on. Now, this is all great information, but it still doesn't really help me understand what is going. Now, this is all great information, but it doesn't really help me understand how all of these different stakeholders help me forward my mission in life. So the second step here is going to be analysis. It's time to break down all of these people into relevant groups. And these relevant groups can include anything from work, your personal life, your hobbies. But a more technical way to view this, if you're working on projects and within an organization, you can view your stakeholder type, which includes your sponsors, your project team, reference groups, and users. Uh, they can also be broken down what are their con contributors, whether you are directly affecting them, what their legitimacy is to this role, this process that you're working on, their willingness to engage, influence, and how involved uh, they can get, and 
what that involvement can mean to the legitimacy of your project. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the less technical groupings that I have here first. The first of those is going to be my family. My family has a huge impact on who I am, on what I want to achieve, on my mental state as well. And obviously my siblings, my parents, uh, even my girlfriend is becoming part of this group. And how I deal with them is going to be different than how I deal with the people at work, which is going to be the next group. This is going to include my manager, my mentor, my clients, all of the different people that I talk to, that I try to recruit. These are all people that are going to go inside the work grouping. This is going to be different than how I deal with people in my, uh, in my family. Now, on the more technical side, we can really break down the stakeholder types. Now, let's say um, my manager is going to be a part of my project team when I'm talking about different projects that I'm working on at Vitamin T. A sponsor may include someone who is on the client team. Uh, that is definitely going to be um, helpful for them to have a buy-in. And that's a little bit about the stakeholder types. I'm not going to dive too deeply in here, but the other, next thing I want to focus in is on the affected. Obviously, most people that I try to find a role for or a job, they're going to be affected. They're going to have a certain amount of their life change based on how we interact. Um, and I think the last one that I really want to dive into deeply is the involvement aspect, is who you get involved with and what that means about who you are, what your project uh, is, and how legitimate it really is. For example, if I were to start talking with um, characters that maybe make me look less ethical, then I'm going to be viewed like a less ethical person. And this is important because then my clients will see me in a different light. My uh, people that I talk to that I try to recruit are maybe going to view me differently as well. So keep that in mind that sometimes you don't need all the stakeholders to be involved and that you may want to engage less with them. Now that you have all these groupings, it is important to actually put them on a map and see how they all relate to each other and to you as well. So this is going to be a little bit more difficult for me to explain. So what I've done is I've created a map that I'm going to link below and you can kind of visualize this and go alongside with me. So let's focus on a project that I'm working on at work. You're going to follow the branch that talks about my work. It goes from Andy to work to vitamin T. Now here is a couple of different people that I interact with. I interact with my clients. I interact with my team. I interact with people I want to recruit, like talent. I also interact with different services like recruitment platforms like LinkedIn. It is important I realize what my relationship is with each of these so that I can actually engage them in the correct way in the correct cadence. Now, before you move on to the prioritization step, you may want to create one more chart. This is going to have an x-axis of pro 
or against this project. So this is going to be have a negative number associated and a positive number associated. And then the y-axis is going to be level of involvement, which is going to go from zero, which is going to be touching the x-axis to whatever number you want to decide on. It, this is arbitrary and completely works for you. When you're done with this, you want to start mapping all the stakeholders on this chart. This is going to help you visualize where they sit. And now you will be able to be ready to prioritize how you engage with them. Now, this is going to be the final step of where we prioritize how you engage with each of these stakeholders. Now, you want to create a basic, just four square little table. The upper left corner being you need to keep these people completely informed. The top right corner being managed most thoroughly. The bottom left corner being regular minimal contact. And the fourth right corner being anticipate and meet needs. Now, as you start mapping these people, you just kind of want to keep in mind what that last chart showed you. And it's going to be very useful for you to see how you need to engage with each of these people before you jump into developing a project plan with all of them. Now, let's talk a little bit about my stakeholders at work that we talked about already. So let's say we talk about one of my clients. I need to completely keep them informed because they want to know where the project is currently. They want to know when someone can start working for them and so on. Now, my talent that I'm recruiting, that I'm interviewing, I, I want to put them in the manage most thoroughly square. Now, this is going to be me interviewing them, me keeping track of the communication that we've had with them and making sure that I'm communicating what I need from them and then what is required of them as well. So the bottom left square, which is require regular minimal contact, this probably includes my manager for this specific project. While I directly connect with her on a weekly basis, she doesn't need to know every single day about what is going on with this project. And then finally, anticipating and meeting needs. Um, you know, I believe that we can even get the clients in here, but this is a little bit post-project towards the end of it, where maybe we're seeing some last-minute needs from their HR department, which is actually a good point. I forgot to add that to the beginning. The HR department of the client is going to be anticipate and meet needs, and I'm going to need to gather information for them for when the talent is ready to get started. Now, this is obviously a bit more of a visual episode. So all of this is going to be in the description. Make sure you take a look below and you can see everything that I talked about. And it is going to be an easy way for you to understand what I've been saying. And with that being said, I am really excited that season two has kicked off on such a great start. I want to thank you all for listening and I will see you all in the next episode.